Let's get ready to pray and talk to the Lord. Amen. Father, we just honor you and we thank you for what you're doing. We uh, appreciate and adore you. We ask that you would have your way today. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, and grant that we'll hear you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Well, I bless God for each one of you and pray you are uh, listening and ready for the word. Let's get ready to talk a little bit. And uh, we've been working on the series Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. This is part six of that series. And so tonight we're doing chapter six of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 6. So if you join me there, you will hear it and you will be a partner with us. Um, it's, it's interesting because chapter 6 is uh, somewhat a repeat of the, of the previous chapter, but it has a different flair to it. So I want to just raise it for you and let's, let's go. Here in chapter 6, we, he, the, the, the writer speaks from experience. He is offering the life lessons and then he offers the skills for making good decisions. He's offering life lessons and skills for making good decisions. And back and forth, he, he teeter-totters on that. Here's a lesson and somewhat lifted up by imagery and things that have happened or can happen and then what you should do so it does not happen. I think that in reality what he is suggesting is that we are to live mindfully being in the present with awareness that each present deed has future consequences. Each present deed has future consequences. So he says, live mindfully. I'm sure I have a slide to that effect, that that live mindfully, being in the present with awareness that each present deed has future consequences. These consequences are important that you recognize so that you think about the consequences before you ever do the deed. And then you decide whether or not you can pay the price. Uh, my grandfather, who um, I would say lived mindfully and not always righteously, but he said, I live my life and I pay my price. In other words, I am fully aware of the consequences and yet I choose this activity or I choose to do this. And each of us will have to get to the place where we can live mindfully because sometimes we are not living mindfully so that we're doing things and we're dealing with consequences in the aftermath. We're not dealing with them in the present. Thank you very much. We're dealing with them afterwards. So after the thing goes down, after it gets bad, after we have a hard time, then all of a sudden, the consequences come up, they're so strong and so great, they just 
blow our minds. So learning to live in the word here is mindfulness is an important aspect of life. Mindfulness. Now, there is a, a whole bunch of stuff that you can read about mindfulness, and I'm not trying to take you into some other religion or other faith or anything like that. I'm suggesting that a lot of times our lives are done mindlessly so that, for example, you will intend to go to the grocery store after work, but every day after work, you usually go home. You leave work with the intention of going to the grocery store. You've got your credit cards, got your cash, you got your shopping list, and you get in your car, and all of a sudden, you're in front of your house, and you're like, I wanted to go to the grocery store. It tells you, if you think back, you don't even remember the turns you made, the stoplights you stopped at, because your mind wandered, you were thinking about something else, you actually drove home mindlessly in rote form you did it sometimes in your life you think about it and this is and you have no issues with memory or anything at all but you end up in your middle of the day you say to yourself did i take my medicine this morning well the reason you're asking that question is when you took your medicine you did not take it mindfully in other words you were not even aware of whether or not you had taken your medicine and in in that case what that says to you is that you are not even paying attention in the moment so here he does something and this is my my take on this i don't not read this anywhere else but i'm going to give you to you my way he does what I'm going to call uh, mindfulness reflection. In other words, I'm going to help you to be mindful, but I'm going to give you the reflection, that which is a past look at something before it happens. When you look back at your actions and reflect with regret or glee. So some of us have done this in life. We've done something, and then when we look back at it, we had regret or we had great joy. Oh, I'm so glad I bought that. I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I went to that place. I'm so glad I made that decision. Or, man, I should have never went there. Or I knew I shouldn't have hung out with those folks. Or I knew I shouldn't have had that last night. It uh, kept me up all night long. You have to now, he, what he does now is he says, I want to project for you a future and then I want to show you the result so that before you get to do that activity you already know the end result before you get there he, he gives him the reflection in advance to keep him in a mindful space so he doesn't live with regret he processes the actions in advance in order to prevent what now in this text is the inevitable regret. He says, I'm going to prevent the inevitable regret 
by making you mindful of the result of bad decisions. I'm going to prevent that from ever happening to you by just making you cognizant of what this thing does. If you do this, you'll get this. If you do this, you'll get this. He says, I'm going to help you now to see from the beginning the ending. So he says, you have, you can do this. You can live a life that is filled with avoidable stress. So some of us have rec need to recognize that some of the stress we are under, some of the stress we're dealing with was completely avoidable. We could have skipped that one. We could have missed out on that. We didn't have to go through that. It was avoidable. We didn't have to do it. We knew we didn't have to do it. It was told to us. It was shared with us. You know, I, I do believe that, you know, the word says, he'll let nothing come out upon you unaware. I do believe that there are many times believers get in stuff that they knew they shouldn't have gotten into, but someone else pulled them on their soul and caused their soul to dismiss what the spirit was saying and therefore their soulish person took them in a direction that was mindless and they ended up doing something that caused them stress. I'm not saying all the stress in your life is avoidable. I'm not saying all the stress in your life you've caused it. But I can guarantee you while I'm talking to you right now, you can think of some situations you shouldn't have been in. You can think of some people you shouldn't have hung out with. You can think of some dates you should have said no to. You can think of some clubs you wish you had never walked into. You can think of some drink you wish you had never took a sip of. Because what you, what you realize now is, man, if I hadn't been drinking, I sure wouldn't have went out with him. I drank so much, I, when I walked in the club, he was ugly. When I left, he was looking like Denzel Washington. When I walked in the club, she, she did not look that pretty. When I left, I drank her cute. She was Halle Berry. And the reality is, you know I'm telling the truth. You then live with regret. You live with the regret. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, here, the writer is not delivering his disciple from evil. Rather, he's keeping him out of harm's way. He's not delivering him. He's keeping him out of harm's way. And I, I should tell you, it is a lot easier to prevent something than it is to get out of something. Let me put it another way. He's not seeking purity. Rather, he is hoping to preserve purity. He's not seeking purity. He's hoping to preserve purity. Virginity, and everyone who understands that will understand the context of what I'm saying. Virginity is not something you have to go get. You have that, both male and female, if you want to put it, be honest about it. You end up having to do something to, to give it away. 
So, so the reality is, all of your life, you're not, you're not seeking, in this case, you're not seeking to purify, you're seeking to stay purified. You're not seeking holiness, you're seeking to maintain it. I'm gonna mess your head up now. You have peace, productivity, and prosperity. Now you must work not losing them. You gotta work on not losing them. You have it, you must work on not losing it. Now, some of you who are in the middle of mess right now, you say to me, Reverend, well, I'm already upset. I, got, I ain't got no peace because of da, 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 da. Okay, that's okay. So in that area, you don't have peace. Don't mess up in these areas over here and lose the peace over there while you're trying to take care of this over here. You have to realize there are a lot of things you can get into that can show up, mess you up. Uh, come here, Jada Pinkett. Uh, the outcome of entanglements is foreseeable. You can get that later. Those of you who don't understand that reference, it wasn't meant for you. The outcome of an entanglement is foreseeable. Whenever you get in an entanglement, and it always takes two to tangle. Whenever you get in an entanglement, the outcome is foreseeable. You, you, may, you may deny that that will be the outcome, and the immediacy of the, of the situation may outweigh your processing the outcome, but the outcome is foreseeable. You can see it. You already know what it is. You already know what it is. So what you have to realize he is saying is that life formation, and that is developing who you are as a person, as an individual, as a believer, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, life formation requires learning and decision making. Both must be complementary, learning and decision making. Now some learning you're gonna get because you're gonna make mistakes and you'll learn from them and then the next time that, that presents itself, you'll make a good decision and you won't make that mistake again, hopefully. But life formation, that is developing who you are, requires both learning and good decision making. And what he's doing here is trying to help the, with the learning and then he's giving examples of good decision making. I want to I want to blow blow this up right now. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Candy. You don't want to add more stress if you don't have to. Listen, you're not working toward victory. You're working from victory. In every area of your life, you're not working toward victory. You're working from victory. Victory for the believer was obtained at Calvary. You're not working toward it, it's already a finished work. You're working from it. You're working, you've already been saved, now how do I maintain my walk with the Lord? I'm here, 
I'm a believer. I've already given my life. Now how do I maintain my walk with God? How do I live into what he wants me to be? How do I live into the perfect or mature saint that he wants me to be? How do I live into the mature woman, the mature man of God he wants me to be? That, that even that, that question requires maturity to ask. Because most people don't want to ask that question because we just want to rely on the finished work of Christ as though we have no work of our own to do. Uh, Solomon says, son, you can't just rely on being my son. You've got to have some, you got to do, do some things yourself because literally your skin is in the game. Come on back, I want to preach to you. Literally, your skin is in the game. You got skin in the game. Because all of the penalties are going to relate to your skin. It's going to relate to you personally. In many situations in our lives, we are not working toward peace. We're looking to maintain the peace we have. Again, and, and, and I'm sure I have something there. In many situations in our lives, we're not work, we, we, are, we are not working toward peace. We're looking to maintain the peace we have. And it's important that you understand that. So it, it, what one has to recognize is that I've already got the victory. Now what I want to do is live into it. I'm already a success. I've got the Lord on my side. I've already been bought with a price. Price has already been paid. I've already been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It dwells in me. Now all I have to do is to live up to who I am. I don't have to become. I've got to live into who I am. I've got to live into my new self. I've got to live into my new, my new spirit, my new reign of realm of living, my new realm of authority, my new realm of spiritual power and empowerment. I've got to live into it. And so I want to look at this text and I want to give you six aids to maintain a, stress, a stressless life. Six aids to maintain a stressless life. I'm going to get all these in, not going to be long. I'm going to put all these out here. I think they're important. Six aids, six things. I, I think these will, will bless your heart. Number one, observe the nature of obligations. Observe the nature of obligations. In other words, how not to lose your peace to financial stress. How not to lose your peace to financial stress. You don't have to lose your peace to financial stress. You gotta get this tonight. This is gonna be a blessing to your soul. Here's what he says. Beginning at verse one. Now we're at the scripture text, so stay with me tonight. He says, my son, if you become surety, that is a guarantee of debt or, or obligation for your neighbor, if you have given your pledge for the debt of a stranger 
or another outside your family. If you have been, if been snared with the words of your lips, if you have been trapped by the speech of your mouth, do this now, my son, and release yourself from the obligation. Since you have come into the hand of your neighbor, go humble yourself and plead with your neighbor to pay his debt and release you. Give no unnecessary sleep to your eyelids, no slumber to your eyelids. Tear yourself away like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. In other words, he says, the debt of another, that is a non-household member, becomes your debt with all of its unintended consequences. The debt of another becomes your debt with all unintended consequences. In the case of the, the, the time in which he was living in, they could take your land, they could take your possessions, and if that did not come up enough to cover the debt, they could put you and your spouse and children into slavery until the next jubilee. It's in the footnote if you have an Amplified Bible. It's right there in the footnote to help you to understand this. Listen, you could lose everything, including your freedom, to debt. You could lose it all. He says, son, you gotta be smarter than that. You gotta be smarter than that. I, I like the way the, the Living Bible puts that text. It says, son, if you endorse a note for someone you hardly know, guaranteeing his debt, you're in serious trouble. You may have trapped yourself by your agreement. Quick, get out of it if you possibly can. Swallow your pride. Don't let the embarrassment stand in the way. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do not do it now. Don't rest until you do. If you can get out of this trap, you have saved yourself like a deer that escapes from a hunter or a bird from the net. He said, man, if you can get out, get out. Run! Now, I don't want you to confuse this. Some of you have children that are getting ready to buy houses and you'll help them buy their first home or, or vehicle or whatever. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about standing up for people that you are, are in contact with but are not necessarily a part of your household. You know them and you've got to be careful guaranteeing something for other people when you don't know how they're going to do their business. You don't know what they're going to do. So now you've put yourself in as the guarantee and now all of a sudden you have an obligation and in some cases they'll get away and walk away, run away, they don't care about their credit and now you are out there stuck like Chuck. He says, you be careful how you give your surety for other people. You be careful how you stand up for other people. You've got to be careful. You've got to make good decisions. You've got to be wise. You've got to be wise. And so in being wise, what it simply wants you to understand, and he, and he starts out with this, is that the stress that comes with debt, the stress that comes with bad debt, and debt caring for someone else is unnecessary. And you should not put your household, that is your family, in jeopardy trying to do something over here when you, that's right, Ron says, you, when you know 
that you have to secure your household first. Secure your household first. Your obligation is there. Number two, number two, number two. He says, and, and y'all get ready for this one because I know it's going to mess somebody up, but I'm going to get it anyway. He says, observe the natural order. Observe the natural order. He uses the ant as a symbol here. But he says, observe the natural order. Now, now I need to help you here. And before I get into helping you, let me read the scripture and I'm going to come back up to this, this opening, observe the natural order. Here's what scripture says. Go to the ant, O lazy one. Observe her ways and be wise. Which having no, no chief, observe, overseer, or ruler, she prepares her food in the summer and brings in her provisions of food for the winter and the harvest. How long will you lie down, O lazy one? When will you arise from your sleep? and learn self-discipline. Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to lie down and rest. So your poverty will come like an approaching prowler who walks slowly but surely. And your need will come like an armed man making you helpless. Now I know some of y'all know who Rick Ross is. Rick Ross the boss, uh, Ricky Rose, he's got a song out that says, every day I'm hustling. And at some point, what, what, what? Yeah, 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 hit it again, hit it again. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that just, at some point, Ricky Rose has it absolutely right. I can't vouch for the work he does but I can vouch for the ethic behind it. That you've got to understand that you've got to hustle every day. You've got to get your hustle on, whether that's going to work, whether that's your business that you open, whether it's the things that you are trying to get done. You, every day you ought to be, what, can I hear it again, Brother Solomon? Where, where is it at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Every day you ought to be hustling. That's why he uses the ant. He uses the ant as a hustling creature. He says that the ant goes out and works. He hustles every day. He's small, but he's mighty. He's not as big as every other insect. He's not as big as the animal kingdom, but he's hustling every single day. He's getting his work on. He's on, he's on the grind every day. He's on the grind <laughs> every day. Every day you ought to be hustling. Every day you ought to be doing what you need to do to get it done, to get it in. You see, the ant symbolizes work ethics, determination, and hard work. You, you, you got you to get that determination. A single ant can carry 50 times its own body weight. A single ant. And they work together. They're, they'll work together to move larger objects. And you've got to get your hustle on. 
He says, observe the natural order. Observe their hustle and get your hustle on. You, you've got to do what you got to do. You got to do whatever it is you got to do. You got to get it done in order to do what you need to get done in order that poverty does not come up to you like a prowler and a thief. I won't stay there long, but, but one more time, Solomon, I can't help myself. Where you at, man? Because I'm still hustling down here. Lord have mercy. Every day I'm hustling. Because what I need to do is to get my work done. I can't stop. I got to get it every day. All right, don't, don't play it now. Don't play it now. I got to go. Got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. go. The third one. The third one. The third one. The third one. Yeah, that's right, Charlene. You got to go get the bag. You got to go get the bag. Stack them bands. That's what I'm talking about. Don't, don't talk about it, be about it. You got to go get it and get it done. Number three, number three, number three, number three, number three. I'm, I'm a hustler. Number three, you've got to observe the no-count ogre. You got to observe the no-count ogre. The no-counter ogre. In folklore, that's a man-eating giant is an ogre. Uh, that's a cruel and terrifying person. Is somebody who just is just worthless. They no count. They're gonna do whatever they wanna do the way they wanna do it. You observe them and you make sure you keep an eye on them because you do not want to become like them. Here's, here's what he calls them. In verse verse 12, he starts off calling them they're worthless, a worthless person. A wicked man is one who walks with a perverse. That's corrupt, vulgar mouth. A wicked man walks with a perverse, corrupt, vulgar mouth. And it's not just the cussing that comes out of it. It's the lies they'll tell. It's the way in which they'll seek to deceive, deceive people. That's what it's all about. A corrupt, vulgar mouth. He says, who winks with his eye in mockery. Who shuffles his feet to signal who points his fingers to give subversive instructions, who perversively in his heart plots trouble and evil continually, who spreads discord and strife. They're just talking, they're gossiping. Therefore, the crushing weight of his disaster will come suddenly upon him. Instantly, he'll be broken, and there'll be no healing or remedy because he has no heart for God. He has no heart for God. He said, you watch folk like that. You watch folk that lie all the time. I, I, um, I, I want to I I lift this verse up in the Message Bible. Years ago, um, now uh, 1985, so it's, it's 37 years ago now, uh, <laughs> I came to interview to be pastor. Um, and when I came for my interview, I, I met with the, the diaconate and members of the pulpit committee and all over in the, in the uh, fellowship hall. And uh, Mother Coela King, Deaconess King, Mother King said to me, she said, Reverend, she said, uh, I ain't got but one question to ask you. Do you talk out of both sides of your mouth? And at, at first, 
it startled me, but then I got the southern part of the Alabamian that was coming out of her. Because that phrase meant people that said one thing to one group and said another thing to another group. They said you were talking out of both sides of your mouth. You're telling the truth over here and a lie over there. You're trying to talk junk over here. You do, you, you, do you talk out of both sides of your mouth? And I, I, I cracked up when I read this in the Message Bible, chapter 6, verses 12 through 15 in the Message Bible. Here it is. Swindlers and scoundrels talk out of both sides of their mouths. They wink at each other. They shuffle their feet. They cross their fingers behind their backs. You remember how folks do that? I, I'm not lying. My, my fingers will cross. You remember that, John? Their perverse minds are always cooking up something nasty, always stirring up trouble. Catastrophe is just around the corner for them. A total wreck. Their lives ruined beyond compare. Their lives ruined beyond compare. He said, you got to be careful of those kind of people. You, I think you, you're starting to get where I'm coming from tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. We're going to make it through this night. The reality is that you ought to be able to pick those persons out, have no, no fellowship with them, don't become a part of them, don't get in their corrupt groups or whatever. Be very careful because, in Tennessee too, <laughs> be very careful because those persons are always looking for the come up. They're always looking for the come up and the, the, the best way for them to come up is by taking what you have so they can stand up on your back. Be careful of those individuals. Observe them, son. You can see them. They're always in the street. They're always scheming something. They always got some get-rich plan. They always got some scheme working on. And watch yourself and watch them and watch their corrupt ending. The Bernie Madoffs of the world may get away with their evil for years, but sooner or later their corruption comes down like a house of cards. It's going to tumble. It must tumble. Number four, and this one is, is interesting. He says, observe what I'm calling the obnoxious, nefarious obscenities. I like that one. It might take you a second to hold that on the screen for a second, but write that one down. Now, I don't have time to really break all these down, but let me put them out here. Because beginning at verse 16, he gives us something to, to hold on to. He says, these six things the Lord hate, hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. The first one is a proud look. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really stay on every, each one of these, but but please please get 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 this in your spirit. The Amplified version explains this word a proud look in this way, by the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself 
and discount others. So he's not talking about carrying yourself with pride or walking with dignity or dressing with dignity and dressing with pride and taking pride in your appearance and looking good. You, you ought to look good. You, you're, you're God's child. You ought to look good. You ought to have a nice dress, hat, pants, slacks, whatever, top. But you ought to look good. I nothing wrong with that. Put your earrings on. Put, make up your face. Look good. Feel good about yourself. Get your hair did. Get, get, get the dippity doodah. Get the grease. Let them tie the weed. Whatever they need to do. Get your hair done. Get your face made up. Feel good about you. But never get to the point where you're feeling good about you makes you look down on somebody else. I don't care if it's a child. I don't care if it's a, a grown-up whose life has turned out to be totally disillusioned, who may be living on the street. Never get to the point where you look down at anybody. You discount anybody. You act as though they don't have any sense. They're not smart. You know that old joke about the fella I told you many times who, who said to the man, said, look, you, you, you look at me kind of scant because you think I'm crazy. People, people always look at folks because we know something about them. They have a problem, a mental health issue. They have a, a, an ailment that you can see that's visible to you. You look down on them. They're sick in a way that you don't, you don't respect. They, their body doesn't function like you function. They can't run like you run or walk like you walk or even talk the way you have. They're not eloquent of speech. And what we have a tendency to do is to look down and underestimate them and overestimate ourselves. Let me just tell you, no matter how good you look, there'll always be somebody that looks better. And both of you will be in the mirror looking at yourselves thinking about someone else that looks better because nobody is all that confident. Be careful. Be careful. Don't look down at anybody. No, the, the, number, the second one is the lying tongue. I don't know about you, but I hate liars. God, God, God said, I, I can't. Just try to be careful not to lie. And some folk just be lying to be lying. They, they lie about stuff they don't have to lie about. They, they lie about stuff that don't even make any sense. They be lying just to lie. You know, you, you, you can't cook, and you went to the store, and you got some, some warm-ups, and you warmed it up, and they said, oh, you made a beautiful dinner. How did you make that, that pasta? And you start telling them what kind of sauce you put in there. Why are you going to tell that lie? Just go and tell the people, the folk down at the pasta place made the sauce. And I'm just glad it was good. I'm glad you liked it. Let me tell you where to get it. Go on, get off that exit right there. Go to turn right there, and you can get some more pasta on the way home. <laughs> Look, what, what are you going to lie for? Listen, hands that shed innocent blood. Well, I know he's got to be ticked off with Russia today. And anyone else that takes the life of someone innocent, you, you, he says, I, this is an abomination. I hate that. A heart that creates wicked plans. People that, that start thinking up evil. And there are people in this world that just think of evil stuff. That are just mean, spiteful. 
Don't, don't, don't ever get in that category. Feet that run swiftly to evil. Feet that run to mischief, that run to wickedness. You know, um, I, I, I grew up in the hood, uh, so when the, when the alarm was on, you could hear the cop going, whoa, 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 whoa. Wherever that was, we turned around going the opposite direction. Some folk would be running to try and see what happened. But I got to the place and I realized that whatever was going on over there didn't have nothing to do with me. And since I understood how the police were back in my day and they're worse now, I didn't want to get anywhere near them lest they take it out on me, whatever was going wrong. You got to understand, there are some people that run into stuff and there are some people that always keep mess going because they always want to run the stupid stuff and keep up evil. I'm going to tell you, I, I, um, I do my best not to hang around with messy people. I just don't like messy folk. Just don't be messy. I don't want to be, I, I try to stay away from them. Now, now this one going to get you here. A false witness that breathes out lies. Someone that tells half truths. Now ain't nothing worse than a lie with a tinge of truth. That's what makes it more believable. Yeah, that's right, Sister Sherry, liar, liar. We say liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, if that's the case, some folk would be walking around uh, half naked all the time because they'd be lying so much their pants couldn't stay up. Listen, they, 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 that's the, people that bear false witness. You know, if you hear a rumor about somebody, it doesn't mean it's the truth. It's just a rumor. And some of us take rumors as gospel. Just because someone may have disliked them enough that they were bearing false witness or they were telling a lie on them doesn't mean that you ought to be the carrier of that lie. You ought to have nothing to do with that foolishness. And then the last one here is the one who spreads discourse and rumors among the brethren. Listen, Lord have mercy. You know, they, they, we, we use New London in the title of our church all the time as, as a way of just distinguishing ourselves from all of the Shilohs. In case you don't realize, there's Shiloh in almost every city. And uh, I get notes and letters and people saying, uh, this happened or that happened, and were you a part of that? And I'll be like, well, I, that's the other part of the state. That's not us. And, and you, you've, got, you've got to realize that happens all the time. But this city, New London, has a, another nickname, and that's News London. Because folk here carry the story all the time. And yes, you're right, they bring a bone, they carry a bone. Sometimes they bring a bone, they carry a bigger bone that didn't even happen, that you've got to know. But you have to be, you have to be one that does not participate in the telephone ministry. Y'all missed that, went over your head, you get it later on. You don't, don't participate in that ministry. You, you resign that now so that you speak truth, love, and light all the time. And the way you want to see people is you want to see them in the light of God's love. I pray for people in the light of God's love. I pray for those that even talk about me in the light of God's love. Because that's the only way to live. It's the only way to live. It's the only way to exist. Amen? 
and, and you're righteous again, it is the spirit of jealousy. It's the spirit of jealousy. It's the spirit of envy. It's the spirit of strife. It, it's the spirit of wickedness. You know, don't get mad at somebody because God's blessing them. Celebrate. Don't hate. Celebrate. Don't hate. Celebrate. And if you've been drinking haterade, get off of it. Get off of it. Get back to joy. Get back to peace. I got to close. My time is almost up. So let me give you this last one. Oh, I got two more. So I really got to hurry. Observe the necessary ordinances. Number five. Observe the necessary ordinances. Here's what he says. My son, be guided by your father's God-given commandments. These are the ordinances. Be guided by these commandments. Be guided by these instructions. And do not reject the teachings of your beloved mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and your thoughts. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they, the godly teachings of your parents, will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teachings of the law is the light. And reproofs, rebukes for discipline, for discipline are the way of life. He says, look, what these ordinances that I'm sharing with you, this wisdom I'm giving you, get this wisdom, hold on to it. They're going to, they're going to protect you at night, and they're going to guide you in the day. Let me, let me give you an example. Okay. Say you're smart enough not to get in uh, to, uh, to someone's boudoir. And you're not in that boudoir so that when their estranged boyfriend, husband, lover, partner comes in and they're ready to shoot up who's ever sleeping with their friend, you're not there. The reason you're not there is that these instructions have protected you from being somewhere you weren't supposed to be. They have protected you. Are you following me now? They've kept you from doing something you weren't supposed to do. I, I know many people who, uh, who have said, you know, that they've gotten in situations that they were, were not supposed to be into and entanglements that they were not supposed to be entangled into. And, and they were just grateful to get out with their life. Well, I want to tell you something. These instructions keep you out of the entanglement so you don't have to deal with the consequences. Okay, last one. Last one. And this is going to go back to my entanglement talk at the beginning. And I'm going to leave it here. I'm not going to say everything I had to say because I'm going to be nice tonight. I've already been hustling, so I'm going to hustle more with this last one, but I'm not going to hurt you. I won't hurt nobody, sister. Sister Goo. Listen, number six. <laughs> Observe no overcompensation. No overcompensation. Now, I got you started on this, so I'm going to close out with this. He says, beginning at verse 24, to keep you from the evil woman, 
Now, if you listen to my words, it's going to keep you from the evil woman or the evil man because they come in all shapes and sizes. They're big men, little men, tall men, short men, fat men, skinny men, whatever kind of man you like. And everybody don't like the same thing, so don't ever believe that. They're big women, short women, skinny women, fat women, whatever, everybody, whatever, your, your stripe. And from the flattery of the smooth tongue, an immoral person, do not desire lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelashes. Oh, my God. When the, you, there are some people who could just give you that look. It's the look that says, never mind. Ooh, la, 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 la. Okay, never mind. Listen. It, 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 some people give you a look and some people give you a shake. Khalid said the milkshake bring all the boys to the yard. Never mind. Listen, you got to be careful not to let that look or that shake or that twerk or that movement, whatever. <laughs> Listen, verse 26. For on account of a prostitute, one is reduced to a piece of bread to be eaten up. He said, look, on the count of a wayward, immoral person, you could be put in a position where you're just going to be eaten up. And the immoral person hunts with a hook the precious life of another person. Can a man take fire in his chest and his clothes not be burned? Woo! Fire! Doom, doom, doom. Da -doom, da -doom. Don't, 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 don't. The way you walk and talk, it really must be. I'm sorry. You got to be careful of the fire. It'll light you up. Listen. Well, can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Woo! Feel the fire. People, Bryce, never mind. Listen, you got to be careful of the fire because if it get in your bosom or get on your feet, either way, you're going to scorch your feet or scorch your chest or scorch your loins. But something's going to get burnt. And you know, it's funny that that's the thing that people used to say when somebody got an, a, a deadly infection, you know, an STD. And say, oh, so and so got burnt. Now, I, I just thought of that. Just, just, just would, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, Deacon Medina and I, we're having our own private Bible study. You're just listening to it. We just have, we just talking. We just talking. Listen, so is the one who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Now he's going, he's talking now about hitting somebody's wife. He said, hey, you go into your neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not be found innocent. Or go unpunished. Here's good. He said, "Look, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly now. If you go in it, eh, you may go in there one way, but you ain't coming out the same way." People do not despise a thief. Look at the illustration he gives. He said, "People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's hungry. They may be mad at you, but they won't despise you. But when he's found, he must repay seven times what he stole." You, you were hungry, at least it's a reasonable thing. He says, he must give all the property of his house if necessary to meet the fine. But whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks common sense and sound judgment and understanding of moral principles. 
for he who would destroy his soul does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach and blame will not be blotted out, for jealousy enrages the wronged husband. He will not spare the guilty one on the day of vengeance. He's not looking for justice, he's looking for vengeance. He's coming with the fire. He's coming with the fire. And that's, you know, there's another way in which fire is used, and that's, that's when someone's bringing their pistol, they say, hey, I'm gonna bring the fire. Because when a gun is shot and the gunpowder, this modern day, not their day, our day, when gunpowder is hit, you can see the fire come out the end, he's bringing the fire. He said, you gotta be careful. He says, he will not accept any ransom. You cannot overcompensate for that deed. You can't get enough money. There's the overcompensation. Are you with me? Offered to buy him off from demanding his full punishment. Nor will he be satisfied, though you may offer him many gifts and bribes. He said, I don't care what you give him. It's on like Donkey Kong. He said, you, you, there's no overcompensation. He said, son, I'm telling you up front, make a good decision. You don't have to go down there and catch that fire. And if you catch that fire, I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to be over when you leave. Because when they find out, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. There's no overcompensation that makes up for certain things we do in life. You can't pay your way out of it. Brothers and sisters, I just want to talk to you just as a close tonight. You've got to realize, hey, Apostle Jeffrey, God bless you, man. Lock it, my man. God bless you, Apostle. You, you, you've got to realize that your life and how you live it must be lived mindfully so that the consequences of the action are taken in before the action. And since you can see the consequence, since the consequence is foreseeable, your action now can be determined by your unwillingness to endure the consequences. Therefore, you function in good judgment and in discipline and in so doing, you spare yourself. Listen to me. Notice in the text, everything relates to the punitive elements in this life. Sometimes we are so worried about the afterlife that we don't consider what's going to happen in the here and now because some of the judgment will take place before we leave here and the penalty will be felt in the flesh. God bless you. So glad you're here tonight. Thank you so much for joining us here in this Bible study. Got more word, but God, I'm ran out of time. I love each one of you. I hope you all enjoying these Bible studies. I've been working and thinking through with you and praying with you about it. And I thank you so much for your time. God bless each one of you want to just give you an opportunity if you're looking for a place to worship you're looking for a church family people that love you and love God I want you to call us here come here night with us here at Shiloh in New London we would love to have you as part of our fellowship give us a call the numbers up on the screen the email address we'll get right back to you 
and you can become an I member here at Shiloh, wherever you are in the country, you can be a part of our family, and we thank God for each one of you. God bless you. Saints, I want you to pay your hearts to give tonight. Give as unto the Lord, and let the Lord use you. Um, you know, we give these offerings away every week. That's right. These monies are given away, except for when we have a guest. So we are here, and I want you to give. You can give by Givelify, by Cash App, or you can mail it in. Uh, just mark it, what, Bible study or Tuesday night or benevolence, any, any way you put it, we will get it and uh, we will make that and the diaconate will take care of and we will be a blessing to those in the world. God bless you. I so pray that you uh, had a great time tonight studying with us. I'm getting ready to get out of here. <coughs> Thankfully, I, my voice held out to the end of the session. I love each one of you. Before I get offline, I'm going to ask that you would keep the Murphy family in your prayers, particularly today. Again, we're still praying for our dear sister uh, and brothers who have lost loved ones and uh, the DeBarris family who are with their mother and uh, for the Jenkins family and all their family members who are dealing with loved ones that are ailing. But I'm going to ask you to pray for the Murphy family. For Shiloh family, we lost another great soldier who's gone home to be with the Lord. Uh, Mother Cora Murphy, mother, she's gone home to be with the Lord. Sister Cora was a great member of this church, a member of the youth department, a member of the audiovisual ministry, and just a beloved soul here at Shiloh. And we're going to miss her. Uh, we buried her husband less than a year ago, and she's gone on home uh, to be with the Lord. And prayerfully also with him. And I ask that you keep her family, keep Nina and, and her brother Stevie in your prayers, and keep all of us, because we loved her greatly. God bless you. I love you. Keep praying for us, as we'll keep praying for each one of you. This has been a great one. This has been another one from Shiloh. Join me tomorrow for the uh, prayer at 1 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be on the prayer line. Get on there. Join me. We'll be talking to the Lord, and I'll have a word for the Lord from the Lord for you there at 1 o'clock tomorrow on the prayer line. God bless you. This has been another one for Jesus. I pray that you take note of everything I've said. God bless you. Thank God for you. Go in peace, and the peace of God go with you. And you know what I say. Shalom. <laughs>